state-of-the-art in ballistic modeling. This What year was this? 2014? 2014. So let's see here. This conversation could be more of an update, really, than a review. Yep, copyright 2014. 2014, so it's 2022 now, so we've got six years of progress to discuss on top of this. Uh, this is Chapter 11 in Modern Advancements of, in Long-Range Shooting, Volume 1. Um, at that time, state-of-the-art in ballistic modeling, we didn't even have radar then, nope. did we? Yeah. Predates that. Um, we're still on Kestrel 4500s. This is one of those technology things where, unlike a lot of the other technologies in shooting, like bullets and barrels and stuff like that, they kind of have like gotten a little bit better over time. Obviously, when it comes to electronic technology, it advances a lot faster right. <laughs> in modern times. Yeah, software is easy to update, uh, but the updates are only as beneficial as the you know their quality in terms of you know the accuracy in our case and the amount of variables that they account for. So this chapter starts out asking how good are modern ballistic solvers. So at that time, you know, obviously we were looking at the applied ballistic solver and CDMs that at that time were based on time of flight measurements. When when did the applied ballistic solver come out? When did you release that? Uh, you're putting me on the spot. Would have been around 2009. That sounds right. The first version of it was in the shooter app that was That's widely correct. available. Yeah. That predated the Because you started Applied Ballistics in 2009. Right. And it kind of predated. You I mean, you had developed software prior to starting the company. Yeah. Yeah. So I was using AB software for a couple <laughs> of years before it was AB software. It was yeah. just something I wrote for myself. Um, but yeah, this the version of the app that this would have been based on this chapter was probably 2010, 2011. Yeah. Um, so it really wasn't terribly old at this time. Right. Yeah. Well, it was new. It was state-of-the-art as yeah. of the writing. Yeah. And so using uh, CDMs based on time of flight, which is kind of tricky because unlike a Doppler radar that measures a continuous track of a bullet and gives you a continuous drag profile, mm -hmm. you, in order to get a, a CDM using time of flight, you've got to test at multiple distances and it's it's very cumbersome and more error prone. Yep. But even with those challenges, um, we are able to get pretty good accuracy. I mean, the test that we did at Thunder Valley in Ohio with 308s shooting two different types of 308 Winchester ammo both 175s, we did the 175 SMK and the 175 Burger OTM. And the whole exercise here was to get a good zero on the gun and you know start shooting at distance based on predictions and see where, without correcting anything, without truing anything, just how accurate the fire solution was compared to actual groups at distance, um, you know, just using it how it should be used with a you know, measure, use a chronograph and a cash store to get atmospherics yeah. and then run the solver. And uh, I mean, it's surprisingly accurate. The first test result here is figure 11.2, page 162. And, you know, we had a, we shot a 300 yard, 600 yards, and everything beyond that was transonic. So starting at a thousand yards, um, the bullet's already transonic, and that is historically where solvers really fall, fell apart. Yeah. Um, modeling drag at transonic speed was not something that was done very well, if at all. And what we're showing here is at a thousand yards, 
the error in inches of drop was six inches. And the further out you go, that error doesn't really grow. It was six inches at 1,000, four inches at 1,100, negative five inches at 1,166, um, negative two inches at 1,200, and then positive nine inches at 1,323. And the reason it's going plus or minus there is, is experimental error. Yeah. You know, typically, if you have a genuine like systematic error in your ballistic solver, the error grows with distance. Yep. But if your error is plus or minus around zero, then you have good accuracy and it's just a matter of resolving it in the test. If you're hearing this recording, it's because you're listening to a free sample of a podcast from the Science of Accuracy Academy. In order to hear the full version of this podcast and many others, go to the Science of Accuracy Academy website and subscribe.